thank our lucky stars that Attorney General Merrick Garland never made it to the U.S. Supreme Court. His recent lawsuit against Georgia's new voting law shows that he has neither the intellect nor the backbone to serve on the nation's highest court. Unfortunately, as Joe Biden's favorite toady at the Department of Justice, Garland may do real damage to our system of justice as a partisan activist. Garland recently sued the state of Georgia, alleging that its new voting law depresses the rights of black voters. Simply put, this is an anemic lawsuit. The arguments are weak. The reasoning is tortured. It's 46 pages long, but most of it is irrelevant historical filler. It reminds me of a junior high school paper that's short on substance and long on BS. I'd give Garland an F grade, and that's being generous. He should be embarrassed that he put his name behind such a farce. Garland and the DOJ claim that Georgia's new law restricts the rights of black voters. In truth, take a look at the law. I don't think Garland ever read it. The new law actually expands voter access in many meaningful ways, which Garland completely ignores. Instead, he focuses on new rules affecting absentee ballots and voter ID. No longer will election workers in Georgia be able to hand out absentee ballots like cotton candy at the state fair. So in Georgia, voters will now have to do what people in most states do. They'll have to ask for an absentee ballot if they're going to be absent on election day. Gee, what a concept. It's hard to see how that's unreasonable, and there's no empirical or statistical evidence whatsoever that it's racially discriminatory. Saying so doesn't make it so. Now, the DOJ also claims that it's racially discriminatory to ask mail-in voters, absentee voters, to prove who they are by providing some form of identification. But again, This is a fairly common practice nationwide. 36 states require some form of voter ID, including many blue states. Moreover, Georgia's new law is actually less restrictive than other states because, well, any form of ID is acceptable in Georgia. You can provide your driver's license, the last four digits of your social security number, or or just a, a simple utility bill, anything really with your name on it. How does that negatively impact black voters? Well, Merrick Garland skips that part in his lawsuit. There's a new Monmouth University poll that found 81% of Americans approve of voter ID, including 62% of Democrats. Why is that? Well, because it makes sense. It's a deterrent to voter fraud. In Georgia, polls show that a vast majority of black residents also approve it. And a recent study in Georgia found no evidence Uh, that voter identification that has long been used in the state for in-person voting suppresses votes or disenfranchises anyone. But Garland's next argument is the most obtuse of all. He claims that Georgia's new law unfairly limits the number of 
ballot drop boxes that black voters rely on the most. But wait a minute. Without the new law, there would be no drop boxes at all. Georgia never allowed drop boxes until the pandemic suddenly hit and the state temporarily approved them. But that order has now expired. So drop boxes were outlawed altogether until the legislature passed the new law in Georgia, making drop boxes a permanent fixture. It's readily apparent that Merrick Garland is no great thinker. You may have noticed it during his confirmation hearing to be the next attorney general. Some of his responses to questions were, well, just plain dopey. He will not be missed on the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's obvious that Garland is nothing now but a partisan pawn. His misbegotten lawsuit against Georgia is clearly driven by Joe Biden's demagoguery that Georgia's new voting law is, quote, the ghost of Jim Crow resurrected. Well, if that's the case, Joe, then old Jim Crow must be hiding out somewhere in the backyard of your home state of Delaware, which has voting rules quite similar to Georgia's new rules. Attorney. Fox News legal analyst and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is the brief with Greg Jarrett. By now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. It's designed to wear indoors, outdoors, all day long, made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family. I love mine. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code Greg, G-R-E-G-G. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets, or just call 1-800-544-8939 and use promo code G-R-E-G-G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. The Department of Justice's lawsuit against the state of Georgia's new voting law strikes me as dead on arrival. Take a look at it. You will be absolutely unimpressed. Joining me now to talk about it is David Sean, who is a veteran lawyer, one of the best I know, and a civil rights attorney of long standing. David, thanks for being with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. It strikes me that this is all driven by Joe Biden's demagoguery. He repeatedly invoked the specter of Jim Crow taking place in in Georgia, and he did it with shameless lies, race-baiting rants. Is that what this lawsuit is all about? Yeah, I mean, I think, and it even goes beyond that. Listen, the lawsuit is filed by Kristen Clark, the new assistant attorney general heading the Civil Rights Division, has a long history of that kind of... uh, uh, destructive rhetoric 
um, race-based rhetoric. She's already been flagged for things that she said and did in college that are way beyond the pale. Um, some anti-Semitic rhetoric also, taking the ADL to task for uh, calling calling out Elon Omar. So she's behind it also. But I have to say, Greg, you know, and I think you've said it and others have said it, the most offensive thing of this campaign of all to me is this uh, analogy to Jim Crow laws. It is so offensive to the actual victims of the real Jim Crow laws, people who lost their lives fighting for civil rights in the South, people who just simply tried to cast a vote or tried to sit in a restaurant or tried to sit on a bus, those kinds of things. This has nothing whatsoever to do with Jim Crow, and it demeans the victims of Jim Crow, and it demeans the fight against, uh, against the Jim Crow laws and for civil rights. Yeah, you know, for people who may not be familiar with the Jim Crow laws, um, they, they date back more than 100 years. There were an effort to stop uh, black Americans from voting. And so they instituted in various states these rules like uh, poll taxes that African Americans could not afford, literacy tests uh, that they felt couldn't be passed, and other similar things. So it was hideous, absolutely hideous and and historically needs to be condemned. But, and ironically, Greg, you know, just, I'm sorry, just, go just ahead. one second. Ironically, of course, it was the Democratic Party throughout the South that promoted the Jim Crow laws and fought tooth and nail to keep them. That's right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it was Republicans that that voted uh, and fought very hard and and took aggressive action to get rid of them. But, you know, People today, and Democrats in particular, and leftists and progressives, they, they are oblivious to historical facts. But, you know, Democrats, speaking of leftists and progressives, seem to have embraced, you know, a lot of crazy ideas, the mantle of racial identity politics, uh, critical race theory, uh, which I've done a podcast on recently. And, and they are railing against any new law passed by Republican legislatures to improve voter integrity to prevent fraud. Isn't it common sense, David, to want sturdy, reliable voting systems free from suspicions of cheating? Don't we want confidence in the honesty of elections? Absolutely. It's got to be a primary consideration um, under our system. Listen, Greg, I've fought my entire career for ballot access, for voting rights, um, I represented the Alabama voters on the losing side of the Shelby County case before the United States Supreme Court, uh, along with the ACLU. I was the ACLU cooperating attorney for that. And the Shelby County case is held out, you know, as a reason for why we, uh, the DOJ needed, needs now to sue Georgia. It's absolutely not true. Um, it, it, everybody has an interest in voter integrity. The vote is such a precious uh, asset of our constitutional system. And everybody has an interest in making sure it's done right. We want everybody who's eligible to vote. Everybody ought to want full participation. We saw great participation in the last election. But as you've pointed out, Greg, many of the leniencies that were put into place in the last election were COVID-related leniencies. You mentioned the, uh, the ballot boxes being put out there. I litigated a case in Washington, D.C., in which we had to dramatically lower the signature requirements for independent candidates to get on the ballot um, because of the COVID things. But now things have changed again, fortunately, and we seem to be on the right track. But um, the measures put in by Georgia no, in no way, shape, or form resemble Jim Crow. I have to point out uh, that even the Washington Post 
gave four Pinocchios to President Biden's comments about the Georgia law and very specifically took him to task on the provisions that they were challenging, provisions which you've already noted, you know, being challenged in this lawsuit. The truth of the matter is uh, Georgia, as one of the states that permits absentee voting now without any reason for voting absentee, that's at variance with virtually every country in the world that has a democratic process, and it's a variance with many of the states. That, that's something that opens up voting, uh, and, and one may well disagree uh, with that because absentee, balling, absentee voting simply uh, permits a greater prospect, at least, for voter fraud. You know, when you examine the law in Georgia, and I've read it several times, it actually only makes minor changes to existing law. It's not like Georgia, David, invented something new out of thin air. It adopted new rules that were actually borrowed from other states, including blue states controlled by Democrats. So here's my question. Won't uh, any judicial review of this lawsuit take important notice of that? I, I think so, absolutely. I think if, uh, if the judge in this case fairly considers the case, doesn't play politics at all, and we hope that's the case, of course, then I think this case, if, if, if the purpose of the case was to put forward a political agenda, I think it's going to backfire on the Biden administration, because if the judge really fleshes out what this law provides and how those provisions are related to supporting uh, voter integrity, then I think it's going to backfire, because uh, that, that's, that's exactly what most of the, uh, most of the new steps so-called new steps in this law require. By the way, in my view, at least, uh, having a great deal of experience, quite frankly, on the issue, it is much better to require ID than to have signature matching. Signature matching is such a problematic system and so subject to, uh, to um, misuse and, and often denying a voter who is an eligible voter the right to vote because a mistake was made in the signature matching. Remember here, it's not just that voter ID is required. If a, an, uh, if a Georgia citizen can't afford an ID or doesn't have one, the state will issue one free of charge. Yeah. You know, the Wall Street Journal pointed this out, um, which I didn't know, uh, that in Georgia's 2018 election, black voters accounted for 54 percent of the ballots rejected for signature or oath issues. So voter ID... Um, w would actually solve that dilemma to the benefit of African-Americans. But, but let me move on just a bit here. This Georgia law has been denounced by Democrats and Biden as racist, voter suppression. Now, if Merrick Garland's lawsuit seeks to prove those accusations, David, won't they have to produce some evidence of that other than partisan politicians saying so, which is all that Garland has presented so far in his lawsuit. Right. And, and you know, ironically, again, I mean, that's part of where the Shelby County decision came down in throwing out the preclearance requirements of the uh, Voting Rights Act. Remember, before it was that any southern state or and some other states, states identified in Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act, had to get any change in election law, election-related law, pre-cleared by the Justice Department. And in Shelby County, again, you know, I, I, my side lost. But what the court said was that the facts just don't support that requirement anymore. And so facts are important, going to your point, Greg. And, and here, 
as you pointed out already, you know, national polls and local polls have shown, first of all, that uh, African-American voters support voter ID laws um, pretty much overwhelmingly. And uh, African-American voters prefer to vote in person. Now, listen, I, I don't know how good these polls are or not, but those are the polls that are out there. I don't like this whole identification by race and uh, one person purporting to speak for a race or, or otherwise. Um, but that's what the lawsuit is about. So we don't really have any choice now. That's the battle they chose to bring. Yeah. So uh, at its core, and the biggest complaint in Garland's lawsuit is, well, now you're, you're making absentee uh, voters proof who they are, uh, which is done in most states, uh, by providing some form of identification. They're very forgiving and allowing in, in any kind of ID, anything that's got your name on it. What I find really interesting is that although the feds say this is a burden on black voters, Senator Joe Manchin has proposed a nearly identical nationwide rule, which has been embraced by none other than Georgia's own Stacey Abrams, who has long railed at voter ID. So, I mean, these guys are contradicting themselves. Yeah, I, I think what's happening now with Stacey Abrams, I, I don't know the answer, but I think what's happening is that uh, she's kind of seeing her position pulled out from under her. Remember, she's been all over the place. At first, she was, she was the one, you know, calling these Jim Crow laws and so on, still is apparently. Um, but then she decried the idea that the MLB was pull, Major League Baseball was pulling out of the All-Star game. Then evidence came forward that apparently she and Al Sharpton met with the commissioner of the MLB, threatened to boycott if they didn't pull out. So she's been all over this issue on voter ID also. It's a shame. She's a very bright person, um, but uh, uh, it, it really it, it undermines the integrity of the process, quite frankly, to have a person as a public spokesperson who had run for office, apparently intends to run for public office again, misstating the facts and throwing out these allegations like Jim Crow. You know, previously under Georgia's old law, you know, voters could apply for a mail ballot as late as the Friday before the election, which is which is crazy uh, because, you know, you you can't request it through the mail, uh, have it processed, uh, sent back to you, cast your ballot and send it back within, you know, four days. I mean, it's impossible, which is why the U.S. Postal Service urged all states to leave at least two weeks for a two-way delivery. Um, and the Wall Street Journal points out in 16 states, including Joe Biden's Delaware, uh, voters can't even obtain a mail ballot uh, without a valid excuse. All Georgians can vote absentee, and the new deadline is a neutral rule. So, But all of this is glossed over by Merrick Garland in, in his lawsuit uh, when he rails against the notion of uh, giving an 11-day deadline uh, for asking for a, a mail-in ballot. I mean, all of this, I have to think, will be brought up uh, by Georgia's defense team as they battle against this uh, really frivolous lawsuit. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Uh, so much of this has been nonsense. You know, you've seen this canard about uh, no one can be given food or drink uh, while they're waiting online. It's just not true. I mean, poll service workers can give food or drink when the person comes up close to the thing. But, but on the other hand, uh, what we're talking about here is the concern that people are buying votes with this sort of thing. So, you know, bring your own bottle of water, 
it, it's just it, it's just absolute nonsense that this is so onerous. Um, you know, they, they opened up for Sunday voting. Well, you know what? Poll, some polls show that African-American voters don't vote in such great numbers on Sunday because of church concerns and all of that. It was another opportunity. If it's not used uh, to a great uh, degree, that's a, that's a separate issue. But this thing, like you pointed out, with the requirement of two weeks in advance for the absentee ballot, I mean, what's the target audience that the problem is uh, you can't do it, you know, the day before the election? Come on. I mean, you know, make your decision up who you're going to vote for. And if the process is important enough to you, follow the rules. Yeah. You know, uh, and speaking of what you just mentioned, when, when Joe Biden went on a rant about the, the Georgia voting law uh, and he made all kinds of wild accusations, you know, you can't have water, you can't have food. That's not in the law. I've read the law. Uh, so it was completely untrue. It was demonstrably false. And in fact, even the, the liberal leaning Washington Post gave Biden four Pinocchios for telling such whoppers. Uh, and, and so what did Biden do? He refused to correct his lies. He doubled down on them. He repeated them over and over, at which point the Washington Post finally threw up his hands and said, okay, Biden's a recidivist liar. Uh, yeah, but but the insanity continues now with Merrick Garland pursuing exactly what Joe Biden wants. And I, you know, I find it incredibly disappointing that a former federal judge of some note, Merrick Garland, would buy into this nonsense. Uh, and I, you know, I've read the lawsuit. I've called it anemic, weak arguments, tortured reasoning. Um, you know, I think a first year law student could have put together a more compelling lawsuit than Merrick Garland. And and I have to think that this will be reviewed with great skepticism uh, by the courts. You know what's a, what's a real shame for any civil rights lawyer, any concerned American who cares about our Constitution, is that lawsuits that don't have the merit and that aren't Jim, you know, fighting Jim Crow and that sort of thing, um, when they're brought like this by the Attorney General of the United States, really undermine the efforts of all of those who are fighting for civil rights. It's like, you know, the boy crying wolf sort of syndrome. Um, it's a shame. And it's very sad when this happens. It, it really uh, undermines the integrity of our system and the sanctity of our Constitution. And uh, nobody has an interest that should have a reasonable interest in that, let alone the Attorney General of the United States. Yeah. David Sean, uh, who is a terrific uh civil rights attorney. He uh, was a defense attorney for President Trump during the second impeachment uh, and did a commendable job in that venue. It wasn't easy. Uh, thank you very, very much for joining us to talk about this today. Always an honor to be with you. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. The Department of Justice's lame lawsuit against Georgia's new voting law is dead on arrival. If you don't think so, just read Merrick Garland's silly lawsuit against the state of Georgia. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.